Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. I'm going to catch you up on what happened Thursday morning in case you were at work and not paying attention to the news very closely. It is my job to do that. So thankfully, I get to sit there and watch TV uh, before we go live at noon on the Annie Fry Show. Of course, that's all considered show prep. That is exactly what it is, in fact, because now I get to deliver it to you. So the oral arguments from this week were about Donald Trump being on the ballot. Now, what's at stake here? If he is considered ineligible to run in Colorado, if the Supreme Court of the United States agrees with that statement, which it doesn't look like they will, but if they do, then you're talking about probably between 8 and 12 other states they think that would follow. Most of them would be blue states, of course, that Trump wasn't going to win. But when you talk about a state like Maine, that is a bluer state, mostly blue, but has some independent streaks in it and has a proportional system of electors where most of them would go to the winner of most of the state. But there's one other district that gets awarded separately that a lot of times Republicans do pick off. So that could, in fact, affect the election. And of course, it's just wrong to do that to somebody uh, especially when they are the preferred candidate of millions, literally millions of Americans, to say, nope, they're ineligible because we don't like them. Uh, I didn't even want to get into the argument, but ultimately, if you're saying that the person is an insurrectionist, but the person has not been convicted of insurrection in any way, let alone charged with it, because that's what's at stake here. Donald Trump has not only not been convicted of insurrection. He has not been charged with insurrection because they know that they would not win if they did that. Yet, that's enough to keep him off the ballot in Colorado and many other states simply saying that he was in an insurrection. Here is John Roberts responding to some of these things, or asking questions at least, of Colorado and why they think they can get away with doing this and just saying it's an insurrection. Insurrection is a broad, uh, broad term, and if there's some debate about it, I suppose that will go into the uh, decision, and then eventually what we would be deciding, uh, whether uh, it was an insurrection when one president did something as opposed to when somebody else did something else. And what do we do? Do we wait until near the time of uh, uh, counting the ballots and sort of go through which states uh, are valid and which states aren't? Jason Murray was representing Colorado. He also spoke about why this is an insurrection. There's a reason Section 3 has been dormant for 150 years, and it's because we haven't seen anything like January 6th. 
since Reconstruction. Insurrection against the Constitution is something extraordinary. I got to tell you, as a reporter, just a, a purely uh, journalistic approach to this thing, that guy did a pretty good job, Jason Murray from Colorado. There were other people that got questioned, too, that were on their legal counsel, but he was the main one, and he did a pretty good job. He clearly had his case figured out as far as he could. The problem is his case was weak, and though he's good at his job, he just couldn't withstand the scrutiny from a lot of these um, justices. Now, I watched as Alito really took him apart, and Gorsuch, I I would say Gorsuch, eviscerated him I didn't want to pull that audio though because to me it was more important than just seeing you know oh the slam dunk moment more it was more important to see justices like Elena Kagan asking him questions that made you go oh okay now she's not even on board but maybe put most boldly I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the United States. That's a good point, too. Elena Kagan, Justice Kagan, asking why would one state get to decide if a president could be, or if a person could become the president of the United States? Uh, These are logical arguments. Now, you could say, well, in this case, he wasn't going to win Colorado anyway, so it wouldn't have factored in if he's going to win. But ultimately, That's what they're trying to say, is that we will determine for ourselves whether somebody could become the president for all the other states, too. Here's the one that shocked me. Sonia Sotomayor. She is by far the most liberal justice on the bench, although Ketanji Brown-Jackson is close. Elena Kagan will cross over at times. She's definitely left-leaning, if you want to put it that way. Uh, I like leaving those terms usually off of the Supreme Court as John Roberts does. But in this case, for ease of use, those three, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, Elena Kagan, and Sotomayor, are the three most liberal justices. Here is Sotomayor. She's not exactly (laughs) quick-spoken, but she does make a point here. I'm wondering why the term limits qualification is important to you. Because Are you setting up so that if some president runs for a third term that a state can't disqualify him from the ballot? Of course a state can disqualify him from the ballot, because that is a qualification that is categorical. It's not defeasible by Congress. So a state is enforcing the Constitution when it says you can't appear on our ballot if you've already served two terms as president. It looks to me, after these questions, that it's going to be a pretty overwhelming win for the Trump side of things. Last one here. Here is the quietest of all the justices, Clarence Thomas. It would seem that particularly uh, uh, after Reconstruction uh, and after the Compromise of 1877 and during the period of Redeemers, that you would have that kind of conflict. There were a plethora of Confederates still around. There were any number of people who would continue to either run for state offices or national offices. So it would seem it, it, that would suggest that there would at least be a few examples of uh, national uh, candidates being uh, disqualified. So that's Justice Thomas kind of making an argument there. He goes on to say quite a few more things, but ultimately what it looks like is that Donald Trump is going to walk away pretty easily the victor in this case. 
Uh, there's a lot more sound. Maybe we'll get to more this hour. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. A little bit of a short segment here with Old Roy. Hello, by the way. Howdy. And thanks for being back. Love to have you here. And I'm glad that you are uh, at least feeling a little bit better and you can make it. So, headline here, 50-year-old man competes against 13-year-old girls in swimming competition. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) It's real. This this really happened. A 50-year-old man was allowed to compete against teenage girls in a regional swimming competition in Canada Hmm. after swimming officials said they were simply going with national swimming guidelines, which I kind of believed. Like, well, if they didn't say that you couldn't be, because it probably does address gender in those guidelines. Well, if you identify as whatever gender, that's what you are. I bet it does. And in fact, I think when I read through the story, it did say that it did. But it never addresses age. (laughs) So you can identify. It doesn't say you can. You can identify as whatever you want. A man named Nicholas J. Cepeda, who goes by Melody Wiseheart, Uh competed against young girls ages 13 through 17 at the Richmond Hill Aquatic Center's Fall Classic, hosted at the Markham Pan Am Center near, near Toronto. Cepeda competed against nine other female swimmers, all of whom were 13 or 14. Cepeda made a mockery of the girls. This is coming from the blaze, so there's a, <clears throat> a little bit of a slant here, of course. Cepeda made a mockery of the girls in 13. <laughs> the category was girls 13 and over. So he identifies as a girl, and he's over 13. There you go. Technically, he qualifies. Uh, 200-meter competition. He was both the only male competitor and the only swimmer in the entire event over 17. <laughs> I, I mean, I got to tell you. Did he win? That's the question. I, I'm, I'm, I don't remember. It says, uh, let's see. It doesn't say whether he won. I can't find it. Well, I would assume that he did. If he didn't, that's a huge embarrassment. Yeah. But listen, and I'm not trying to be ironic here. It takes some pretty big nuts to <laughs> to go into a 13-year-old girl's swimming competition and say, I'm also a girl. My name is Melody Wiseheart, and I am here to swim against these girls. Here's my question. Why would he change his last name? It's a good question. If you're just identifying and you want a girl's first name... <coughs> What is what is a girl's first name? What is a girl? Yeah, that's I'm not a biologist, so <laughs> you, I don't know. you wouldn't know. I don't know. You're a businessman. Yeah. You're no biologist. <laughs> I I gotta say though, when I read through this, what was interesting was the organizers of the event 
kept going, look, this is the national swimming competition's rules. And they, they were acting like, we know this is stupid, but this is what's written in the rules. Then, so they, I guess whoever's writing the story went to the National Canada Swimming Organization, and they're like, why did you write the rules this way? And nationally, they go, at the local level, they totally could enforce the age thing. So they just blamed each other. Yeah. And nobody wanted to take a stand. But isn't that where we are with these issues? Is that the average person is going, I don't even want to deal with this. Mm-hmm. It's so stupid. But my hands are tied. Like, that's so exactly what everybody is doing about these issues right now, isn't it? It's infuriating. Because it, not just that nobody will take a stand, but it, well, <sighs> I don't know. The pass the buck. It's somebody else's problem, and then you can't come back at me yeah. and say I was you know, intolerant or whatever. I don't know. I think it's amazing that people even want to pass the buck on this. It should be so obvious that when a 50-year-old man wants to compete against teenage girls in swimming, that people would just go, no. And they go, whoa, what's the rule? Just no. Just yeah. don't. Like, everybody knows that you're being stupid. Don't do it. We don't need to look at the bylaws just know. But people are afraid because that's where culture is. They think they're going to get sued and they're going to be maligned for being a misogynist or a racist or whatever ist you're going to put on this one. And so they just don't do anything. Well, and it, I just, it's got to be the guy trying to make a point. I hope. Because if, if, if it's, if he's not being sarcastic, then that's, that's even doubly worse because I don't know they're kowtowing to somebody who's just being ridiculous I don't know I tried to find that I tried to see if this guy's winking and being Mm -hmm. like look I'm making a point here but he's a professor at York University in the psychology department and he also goes by Melody Weishart in that department but he also uses his regular name because they know his regular name so I really can't figure it out whether he is doing an experiment here just to be annoying mm. and be like, look, I'm pointing out that this is dumb, or he could be doing an experiment to point out something else that he's like, look, this is the way society treats you. Like he could be bought into it too, either way, doing an experiment or just being a 50 year old man who wants to win a medal. Oh, geez. I mean, it's a good way to win medals. I guess. I though I know that I would lose if I tried to go against thirteen year old girls. What? I would Dang sink. It. I, I thought I found to... a loophole. Nope. And you're right. I wouldn't beat a thirteen year old girl swimming. Nope. <laughs> That's a good point. All right, you've heard of the psyop with Taylor Swift, right? Or is this news to you? All the AI stuff they're no. doing? No, no, no. Oh no, there's something else. This is all a plan going to the Super Bowl. <clears throat> That the Chiefs would win the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. And Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift would be so popular and beloved by America that they would turn to the cameras and say, I endorse Joe Biden. And then everybody would go, oh, if they are, then I do too because I love them and I love their love. Have you heard that? that, I I have heard that. that That's a conspiracy? That theory, yes. I, I think that's a pretty stupid one, in my opinion. I can't believe that there is any sort of serious people... You know how many people would have to be involved with rigging the Super Bowl, let alone all the other stuff? I don't know. Oh, I, I see. Know. I see. It's been done before. <clears throat> Not you know, for that 
purpose. But, but, but yeah, like if you're just betting on it and you're like, hey, I'm going to buy off the kicker <laughs> so that if it comes down to it, maybe he goes a little right and then I make $5 million <laughs> and then he makes $5 million. I I get that that's possible. Yeah. Um, But to stage everything to this point to get them to the Super Bowl and the relationship just to endorse Joe Biden. Well, that seems like a lot. That's a little extreme. I I think if if there's a, a more realistic conspiracy theory would be that somebody saw the potential here as we got close to the end of the season in the playoffs. Oh, Kansas City might might make it in again. Here's an opportunity because all the the Kansas City game was the most watched uh-huh. Post game or, or postseason game ever or whatever. That ah, here's an opportunity, and Taylor Swift is a. This is already happening. We're just going to hitch our wagon. To I it. think that's Hopeful. probably that's with the hope. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, that's a little more possible. But then we don't really call it a psyop, do we? Eh, no. <laughs> so okay. The reason I even bring that up is not just be, because we're timely here, is because I have a. A really radical deep state theory that I woke up. It's one of those you wake up in the morning and I was having some sort of dream and I'm like, oh, and then once I really woke up, I'm like, "Eh, oh, but maybe there's something to that. I'm just going to throw it at Roy. So you've heard that, and and I've been seeing tweets lately um, from not only government officials, but news outlets like NBC News talking about how the government right now is concerned that if Trump were to take over the presidency, that he was used the military <clears throat> to like carry out his orders or keep him in power or something, whatever. So they're afraid of that happening. So they're doing that now. <laughs> right. <laughs> like that, that's that was the point of the story. And this was NBC News saying, so these government officials are worried that, that Trump might do this. So that's what they're doing. And you're like, wow. Thanks for thanks for at least telling us. You know, it's amazing how you don't even understand how how hypocritical you are. Right. But it doesn't surprise me. So we've also seen over the last four years, roughly, the wokeization of the military. And also military numbers are down. You can't get the recruits that you could because they're... It seems to me they're rather demoralized Mm -hmm. because they're like, what do we even stand for? I don't even know what we're doing. Because they're pushing DEI on the military in such ways to, and and get this, you already know this if you're listening probably right now, when when government and usually even corporations push DEI, corporations might do it just because that's what is in vogue. But when the government's pushing it, they don't actually care about diversity, equity, or inclusion at all. Mm-mm. They care, because if it was a bunch of, People who were um, non-white, disabled, gay, transgender, you list every box you could possibly check, but they also would were conservative, they'd be like, nope, not those. Right. And that is what you see. Because if you are a person of color who's conservative openly, you are maligned. Mm-hmm. You're not celebrated. Uh, so they don't care about actual diversity. They care about making a monolithic thought. It's the actually it's the exact opposite of what they're saying it is. Right. I'm going to add that to my list of things that are actually the opposite of what they say they are. There you go. Um, so they've been trying to do this to the military, not because they want more diversity in the military. They don't want more transgender soldiers. They want more 
woke-minded individuals in the military. Here's where it gets conspiratorial. Because they're worried that the military is a right-leaning organization, and if there ever were an actual coup in this country, the military would not be on the side of the elites. Am I crazy? <clears throat> I think you're onto something here. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, when I say it out loud, it seems ridiculous. But I can't figure out why the Biden administration otherwise would be pushing so hard to get the, the most wild minority groups. I mean, we're not talking about minorities in this typical sense. We're talking about minorities of minorities of minorities that are ideologically not in line with even being in the military they're pushing them to be more militarized right because they figure they're going to need a military at some point if the if the long-term globalist plan is <laughs> is to uh you know move towards dictatorship they're going to need a compliant military and what they're not realizing is yeah, they may be building a compliant military that will follow orders, but none of them are going to be capable of going against all of these former military people who were forced <laughs> out who actually have all the weapons and the military knowledge and experience to win a war. Now you've got all these people who don't have any military skill, but they'll follow your orders <laughs> But the minute it gets tough, they're going to run and hide. They're not realizing the the <laughs> the hypocrisy of if you put somebody who will do everything you say, um, not because you beat them into submission, which is what the military used to be, but because they don't like rules, <laughs> that's going to come back to haunt you. I don't know if it's as deep as that. I wasn't even going as deep. I mean, some of the things, yes, but... Um, I don't think it's as deep as like, well, eventually we're going to be a dictatorship and we're going to need the military on our side. I think that there's a whole bunch of people just going, man, if the poop hits the fan, I am a little worried that those people are not on our side. So let's try to like infiltrate it a little bit. I think that's all that it really is. I don't think that it's deeper than that. But uh, hey, again, it's not real smart. If we're going with a big conspiracy theory, let's just go all the way let's and have fun with it. all the way. I, I will say that <clears throat> it's interesting to see how enrollment has declined during the Biden administration. And and I the only reason I could figure for that is that nobody really knows like what are we what are we even as a country standing for? I mean if you compare us to North Korea, you go, okay, I get that. But we're not like fighting North Korea right now. And we're not actually actively fighting at, at, like with our soldiers anybody in particular so i just i think that there's a real lack of morale that beyond military it's kind of affecting the whole country in general that we just don't even know like what are we no i i think that's true but my so i have a brother in the army and he's they they actually internally they they recognize obviously there's a recruitment problem so they did a contest of within the military, hey, was it submit. like grand prize game, bozo? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, they uh, submit your your ideas on how to improve uh, or increase recruitment. And my brother actually submitted one. It was actually a very well thought out <laughs> uh, strategy on how to improve uh, recruitment. 
But the the one that won was written by two guys, young, probably DEI recruits, who said, "Oh, we got to we got to do more social media." <laughs> and that was it. It didn't Dude, work. No, we just need we need more TikTok things, <laughs> and and social media, and that'll get that'll get to kids. They'll want to join, and but saying what? Does, that, that's my point. Is that yeah? You can be on TikTok. Yes, kids are on TikTok. Maybe a lot of eighteen-year-old young males or even females that would join whatever you're trying to get them to join, whatever branch. Maybe they are on TikTok and social. Maybe it would be better to 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 reach them there. But my point is, what are you saying to them? Right. You're not giving them a reason. Yeah. Like, and that's and that to me is the larger issue in America right now is that we don't know what we are. And we really do. And Jim Carafano says this when he's on Annie Fry's show. And he says it a lot. So I think he's he's you know, he's a message guy. You know, that's that's what they do is that they they look at issues and then they say, Well, here's how to kind of interpret them. <clears throat> he said over and over, he's like, I've never seen two visions for America so different going into an election. Yeah. And maybe you say that every election now, and the next one will be even more. But it's definitely true right now that it is so clear the two directions that America could go under two different presidents. And it, it really has never been so clear because at the moment anyway, you have a guy who is currently the president who you can see his track record. And the other guy was just the president, and you can see his track record. Mm -hmm. That is so rare that you have that in people's recent memory and the fact that you can see such big differences between those four years. It's not just, oh, this is a continuation of the Bush administration into the first Obama administration. You know, like, ah, the lines are pretty blurry. Like, it was so direct and such a huge change with so many issues. That he's so right that we've never been able to see such a difference in the visions for what the country is. But at the same time, we don't really know which one's going to win. Right. So we don't know what we are. We know what we believe. I think we do anyway. I don't know that everybody knows exactly what they believe. But it's easier than ever to look at the two and go, I'm this or I'm that. And it's it's roughly 50-50. Yeah, which is sad. It is that we could see this four years and go. Yeah, half the country's like, yeah, that's pretty good. Let's keep doing that. Well, I think it's less <clears throat> that they they are in favor of that side is that they've been so conditioned to think of the Trump side as being so evil yeah, yeah. and so wrong that anything's better. So if you're against him, I'm for you. I don't. I don't think it's as cut and dried as we believe in this weird yeah. Biden vision. I think it's just they've they've been effective in selling the lies about Trump and the Trump supporters that you've got a, a large fifty percent or a good chunk of that fifty percent is just I don't want that. I think we're just going to be very surprised in November when we wake up on November uh, 10th or 15th or whatever it'll be after the election's officially over. And we have to say, well, congratulations to President Cornell West. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're going to be super surprised when that happens, yeah, I, Roy. I will be. It has been a week. It has been a, a week of constantly changing 
headline news. Uh, just Thursday, for instance, you have the oral arguments going on at the Supreme Court for whether or not the former president of the United States can be even on the ballot in certain states like Colorado, for instance, or Maine, although Colorado is the one arguing the case because they were the first to do this. That is a huge, huge story, and the way that's going to play out is probably beneficial to Trump based on the way that the questioning was happening on Thursday. We don't know what that ruling will be. I do believe it'll be pretty soon, though. I think actually that's coming this week. There's also an election this week, by the way. Uh, George Santos's vacated seat that Republicans tossed out their own guy here for, uh, they are probably going to lose that seat, at least according to polling. But we'll see. It's pretty close. Uh, this is not typically a Republican seat. It is one that once in a while Republicans have won, but, you know, they redraw the line, so it's not it's, – it's hard to compare it to history. But typically this is not a seat that Republicans do win. And so right now it looks like on Tuesday there will be a special election and George Santos's Republican seat will flip blue, making their majority in the House even narrower at their own doing. And you can say, no, that's good that they did that. George Santos is a bad guy. Or you can say they're idiots. Democrats would never do that to themselves. Uh, that is up to you. I am just bringing up Joe Biden here because he has been at the center. I mean, you you think uh, uh, a story is going to start to run with some legs, and then Joe Biden steps on it again. I mean, this should have been a week that we were talking about Donald Trump mainly because of the Supreme Court. And yet, the special counsel report comes out right after those oral arguments and suggests that he can't put his brain cells together. He can't think. And therefore... We're not going to charge him with anything. So again, you've probably seen this plenty, but I'm just telling you if you haven't that the special counsel looking at the document case with Joe Biden in this instance, but they're looking at it because of Donald Trump. The two-tier justice system is so on display. I don't even need to explain that, but the, the thing that's been making all the news is that the special counsel... Robert Hur described the president in that document as a, quote, a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. And they went into it and talked about how everything that they've discovered when talking to him over the last few months about this is that he can't remember basic things like when he was the vice president or if he'd try to recall a year, he'd go, was I vice president in that year? like 2017 or 2009 and he'd go ah was I vice president that year and then some other things about the death of his son it claims in the report that he couldn't remember well then Thursday night after the oral arguments that broke <clears throat> that actually broke at about two o'clock 2 30 we were on the Annie Fry show and looking at it going are you kidding me is this is this really happening you know we're reacting to it live going this is going to be a huge story I think and it was and Joe Biden in my opinion, he personally probably insisted that he step out and speak about this and then steps on it again. I mean, he can't remember leaders of nations' names. That's the third or fourth time this week that he's done that. He mixed up the presidents of Mexico. I think he called the president of Mexico the name of the president of Egypt. Which, like any one of these instances, it's so sad because... In in most cases, when you see a person going through this, man, it's it's very depressing and it's terrible. And I don't want to have to go through that someday. I pray to God I don't have to go through that at some point in my life. I hope that's not in my genes. But 
if it is, man, it's it's hard to watch somebody go through that or to be somebody going through that, certainly. Of course, the difference is that he's the president of the United States and he wants four more years. So this is a huge, huge deal, and it has been. And uh, I was going to say that's probably the biggest story, you know, so we'll, we'll end with that. But I, I really had to double-check myself. That has not been the biggest story this week. Uh, you can debate that. You can say, no, no, Ryan, I think it really is. That's what's going to affect the election the most. And you may be right. This really is breaking through. I mean, this has been a huge story that when they become things that people reference outside of the circles that we run in here at 97.1 or in news or in politics, you know, I know that if you're listening right now, you're pretty engaged. And so you know what's going on. And so even rehashing some of these stories is like, I'm sorry, I know you already know this. But when a story breaks through to the point that people who don't pay attention to the news that closely certainly don't listen to a station like this, when they're hearing about it, then it's a pretty big story. So again, I'm saying this and saying, even though that is a huge story, I think there's something a little bit more worthy of our attention from this crazy week in news and politics. And I am going to make it today's tale from the dark side and today's game of lies. Let's start with the game of lies. The game of lies! day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. That is such an egregious statement that I guess we could chalk that up to Joe Biden not having all his mental faculties, but I don't think so. I think this is a messaging strategy. They're just this lost with what to do about it. Of course, earlier in the week, we were talking about the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas, Homeland Secretary, that didn't happen and looks unlikely to happen because a few Republicans crossed over and said, I don't want this to become a tit for tat that anytime we don't like what a official does in any administration, we just impeach them. I understand that argument. I actually do. Um, I don't know that I would agree with it in this instance, but it could open that door. So, okay, okay, that's all right. Republicans disagreeing with each other. I'm actually completely fine with that. Let's have that debate. What's not debatable is the border being caused by Republicans, the border issue and all this illegal immigration being caused by Republicans. So I am going to throw the red flag right there and say that statement by Joe Biden is a lie. It's not just crafted by him, of course, though. Uh, One of the things about that special counsel is that they mention that he really he's not speaking on his own terms a lot. The Annie Fry show, I'm giving you a little behind the scenes here. We really would like to get Kevin McCarthy, former Speaker of the House, back on the show. We had him once, and we're going to see if we can get him back on. Because apparently one of the things that he has said that we would like to know, because very few people would be in the position to be able to say this, he being the former Speaker was one of them. He said that when he would go into negotiations with President Biden, the guy was impossible to negotiate with because he would just say what was on his cards. And so they, they couldn't actually discuss anything because he wouldn't be able to discuss. He would just say his lines. He was like reading a script. 
And so Kevin McCarthy would say, well, what about this? You know, because when you're in a in negotiation, you're you're constantly throwing out different ideas. What about this? What do we come from this angle? What about this one? How about this? What if we added this? What if we took this away? He couldn't adapt because you can't put a script together for that. So he he said he's impossible to negotiate with because he doesn't really have his own thoughts. He's just reading. And this, none of this is a surprise. I think that's what the big the big thing here, here is that the special counsel comes out and says says this, and it's big political news. It's big news, but it's also not a surprise. You know, this isn't like oh my gosh, I can't believe we didn't see this coming. Everybody saw this coming. So that is not only it, that that statement to me has been the biggest deal of the week because it's not only such a lie. But it's also egregiously in your face as a tale from the dark side. There is, unseen by most, an underworld. A place that is just as real, but not as brightly lit. A dark side. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. Yeah, that is also how we're going to end the show. That being not only the Game of Lies clip of the week, but the tale from the dark side of the week. I don't know if we've ever done that, that one clip actually hits both. But that one to me is such a whopper that if they can get America to believe that, then I really think that we're done. You know, if America w- looks at that and goes, yeah, that's right, the border problem is Republicans. It's those darn MAGA Republicans' fault uh, for letting the border get the way it is. We need to pin the blame on them this November. Yeah, I think that we might be done if that happens. Fortunately, I don't think that is going to happen. But we are going to stop there this has been quite a show. Thank you to Old Roy for being here. Thank you to Chris Woolsey for giving us some streaming recommendations. If, if, as usual, you did not catch the entire show, I don't blame you, but you can get the podcast if you want to and you just want something to listen to this week. It's very enjoyable, very nice. We're all friends. You can do that by typing in Wiggins America and find that podcast wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you next week. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 